Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice, fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is October 26th. This is entering week eight of the NFL season. I can't believe how time is flying. And this is the Halloween show. Boo! Scared! Are you scared? Okay. I guess you were probably scared last week coming off all those buys if you were struggling to start uh, to choose starters for your fantasy team. Anyway, my name is Michael Nestrick, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again on this scary night, <laughs> my good friend and very experienced fantasy player, uh, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Pretty well, pretty well. Glad we all survived the Bimageddon, Bipocalypse, by NATO, whatever you wanted to call it last week. It was it was pretty terrifying, although you and I had a, a very fortunate win. We cobbled together with bailing wire and spit and chewing gum, a, a lineup that managed to somehow squeak out a win in FanX. So that's that's always nice when you can get through one of these kind of weeks with the, with the back of an envelope sort of team. So. Unbelievable. Oh, who do we have on the team? Dearness Johnson. Um, oh, C.J. Uzma. Woo, two scores. Yeah. yeah. We, <laughs> I we can't believe Uzma it. I mean, believe it. I, I'm like in nine leagues, and I won in every league except for one. I, 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 I'm stunned. Um, really, it was one of those weeks where people were just scrambling to pick up anyone, and these guys were scoring, and I can't believe it. But, you know, we, we got through it. I was calling it mega buy. You know, Megalodon, Megalodon, I guess, I don't know, bye. <laughs> it was just crazy. Anyway, let's get right to the news and notes of the week. And I guess what's on everybody's mind here is that with the trade deadline coming up, uh, believe it, what is next Tuesday, this the 2nd of November, is Deshaun Watson going to be a Houston Texan or Miami Dolphin or somewhere else? There's been rumors that he's locked into Miami, and that's the only he play for. But then there was another source that said that he's open to go anywhere where they want him to play and start. Uh, and, then, and then there was a late report that came out right before uh, we went to air here that said that the Dolphins actually have a, a trade parameter set up for the deal with the Texans, but they want some kind of assurances from the NFL that he's going to be able to play and not go right immediately on the exempt list. And the NFL is saying, no, uh, we can't say that. We're just letting this thing play out. So, so Chris, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think he's going to play? Do you think he's going to be traded? Where is he going to go? What do you think is going to happen with Deshaun Watson? You know, I think Miami does seem to be the most likely. There's been the most smoke around that, so there's probably the most fire there. Uh, uh, Roger Goodell in his press conference today did actually make a comment that may L.A. some of the concerns Miami would have in that he said they currently do not have enough information to put him on the exempt list. So unless that changes between now and Tuesday, the information they're getting, which is unlikely it's going to change significantly, um, that may be enough to tell Miami that, well, he's going to be clear, at least for the short term, uh, so we can go ahead and do it. 
So I, I would not be surprised if it still happens, if, especially if, like you said, they've already got some parameters worked out. Now, if that happens, that becomes very interesting. Um, I mean, a quarter, Tua is a similar style of player, obviously not as talented as, as Deshaun Watson, but he's a similar style of player, some mobility, a little bit of razzle-dazzle. So I can see him doing okay behind a patchwork offensive line where he's got to run around and make plays. The bigger thing would be how quickly could Deshaun Watson be a fantasy factor. So I think if you have room on your roster, especially in a dynasty league, what the heck? Slap him on there. I mean, you've got nothing to lose to get a potential QB1. Um, I know it's got questionable morals, questionable ethics, but we care about his numbers, not not his – as long as he's on the field, we don't care about his personality. We're not asking you to be the godfather of our child. We're asking you to be a fantasy producer. So I think slap him on your roster. I think it's going to happen. I just don't know how long he's going to be able to stay active. <laughs> Well, that's a very good uh, point to make. And the bottom line here is that if he is traded, is he going to start immediately? He needs some. He needs to get acclimated with the new team. And then if he does to go to Miami, what are they going to do with Tua? Are they going to are they going to try and make this deal before the deadline, a day or two before, and then trade Tua? I mean, uh, head coach Brian Flores says that hey, Tua is our quarterback and all, but I think he's just uh, stating the company policy there, and that uh, Mr. Ross, the owner, makes the uh, the real deals here. And uh, what do you think happens with Tua? Do they, do they bench him um, and you go back to being back? He's not going to be a very happy camper there, especially if he's stuck there, if they don't trade him after they acquire Watson. What do you think is going to happen there, Chris? Well, I believe it's, they made it quite clear that if if uh, Watson gets traded to Miami, that Tua was going to be part of the deal in return. So uh, that would oh. not be an issue in Miami. Uh, as I understood it, Tua would be part of the return package. So – he would be out of there and not having to deal with the situation. Now, the question is, how does he respond to being traded for a guy who has questionable ability to even be on the field? So that, that's going to be more of a, of a Tua problem, not a, a, a Miami problem. That's interesting because I I I'd heard a source I can't remember exactly who it was but uh, I believe it was last week saying that the Texans really were not interested in Tua and uh, but you know uh, all of this is all smoke and hot air and you know uh, it, it's you know you say where there's smoke there's fire but until a deal gets done we don't know what's happening here and you know it's going to be a very interesting uh, one week period from now until next Tuesday and I guess uh, we'll probably hopefully have a lot to talk about next Tuesday night when we do the podcast. It would be a, literally uh, the deadline will have just passed uh, a, a few hours b- before uh, we did the show, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Anyway, uh, moving on over to uh, the, another to a running back situation here where a lot of people are worried about Miles Sanders and his ankle injury in, in, in Philadelphia. Looks like he's probably out. you got Kenneth Gainwell there. you got Boston Scott. Uh, what's the fancy impact there if you're a Miles Sanders owner, Chris? Yeah, it looks it's very disappointing because Sanders was finally getting used like he should have been being used, and it looked like he was going to finally become a fantasy factor. Now he's going to be out for for at least a week, is what it sounds like, maybe even a few weeks. I, I know Gainwell looked really good in limited action, and he seemed to be the first man up. Um, I did not watch that game this weekend, so I don't know what happened, but it seemed like Gainwell came in immediately and took most of the snaps, and then down the stretch it was Scott. I don't know if that was game script or 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 if uh, uh, Gainwell got dinged. But I like Gainwell going forward. He's, I think he's obviously got PPR, much higher potential than Boston Scott. Although Scott could, even if Gainwell is the main guy, Scott could still be the goal line back uh, in kind of an RBB, a split RBBC uh, for the short term. 
Gainwell's a guy I like, but I, I wouldn't poo-poo Scott because he's probably more likely on your waiver wire. He might be a guy to pick up if you got room on your roster or need a running back. Yeah, Gainwell came out of the game okay. They they got behind and uh, and basically what they were using was Gainwell in the passing game, and they were running, when they were running plays. Uh, run, uh, rushing, they were using Scott, especially down there at the goal. Like you said, uh, they ran him a couple times and he got in. And of course, Jalen Hurts, of course, tried to you know uh, <laughs> he almost gets into the end zone himself. But uh, there, there's talk about there in, in, in Philadelphia that Gardner Minshew might get some starts if Jalen Hurts doesn't uh, start producing some wins because he's he's doing fine for fantasy. But most of this is in garbage time. He's like becoming the Blake Bortles of Philadelphia there. But but yeah, with Miles <laughs> Sanders out, it's going to be an RBBC there with Gainwell and Scott and. Most likely, Gainwell's on somebody's roster, probably on the uh, Miles Sanders roster, if you can, if you uh, drafted well there. But Boston Scott's probably out on the waiver wire. I make a beeline to pick him up because he does have value. Of course, the other big news of this week, where the Thursday night game is in Arizona, Green Bay. Devontae Adams on Monday was put on the COVID list. We assume that he tested positive for COVID. He was put on the reserve COVID list. And then, as a close contact, was Alan Lazard, who everyone thought well, that's the guy to pick up. Uh, but unfortunately, he's unvaccinated. So he is out. He's got to be away from the team for at least five days. I think it's a 10-day limit or whatnot. And, uh, you know, so, so basically both Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard are out. you got MBS. The source says that he's going to come back and play. They're going to activate him. He's got a hamstring injury. Off of IR, they can activate him. He can play. And then you got Randall Cobb, Ekninius, St. Brown, uh, Amari Rogers, the rookie, Miley Cooker, uh, who they just activated off the COVID list themselves. So they're gonna, the, the, the Packers are going to cobble together a wide receiving core. Robert Tanyan could factor in. And, of course, running backs, Aaron Jones might catch a lot. What do you think here, uh, Chris? Uh, how does this affect the wide receiver core? And more importantly, if Aaron Rodgers is your starter, Arizona is a pretty good defense. Do you stick with Aaron Rodgers this week? I think, well, it's unlikely you have a better option than Aaron Rodgers, even with the, he's almost matchup proof. So I don't think you're probably thinking about benching him. Now, you said cobble together. I think cobble is the keyword there. Cobb is going to be the man. I mean, he's the guy that Aaron Rodgers wanted to bring in. He brought him in. He's leaned on him in the past. He'll lean on him again. He's probably for PPR going to be get, get all the targets he can handle. But you mentioned a couple other guys, which I think are going to distribute a lot of those targets, which would normally go to Adams. You know, you're going to get, uh, I think Amari Rogers of the other receivers is the guy I like the most. Um, he seems to have the most trust in the limited time he's been on the field. Um, I also like Tanyan to maybe line up in the slot uh, a lot. And they'll use Mercedes Lewis as more of a blocking tight end as a traditional tight end off the line. So, Maybe they'll get a lot more action for Robert Tanyan, especially near the goal line where Adams isn't there. And then the final thing you mentioned, Aaron Jones as a, as a receiving threat out of the backfield. They're going to run, run, run as much as they can, and they're going to use him on little screen passes um, just to get the ball in playmakers' hands. So I think they're going to distribute the ball a lot, but Cobb is the one that really takes the big jump for me as the most likely guy. Again, you can probably get him off your waiver wire and put him in in a PPR and get really good production on Thursday night. Okay. Well, let's get over the uh, the list of injuries here. Uh, Kyler Murray in this game has a finger issue, but he, he was limited on a Monday. Well, they said he was limited. I don't believe they practiced, but he actually practiced fully today on Tuesday, so I think he's good to go there. Patrick Mahomes got dinged in the head, was a little bit woozy, but he passed a concussion protocol, so he's expected to play this week for the Chiefs. Dak Prescott coming off of the bye uh, with the calf, the calf strain on the last 
play the game two weeks ago. He's expected to play. They're doing everything they can to get him on the field there. He seems okay. Baker Mayfield with a shoulder. Boy, he sat on Monday. I wouldn't expect him to play. It's probably be Case Keenum this week and moving forward for a while. Zach Wilson, the Jets, uh, he's got a PCL injury. He's expected to miss two to four weeks there. You're probably not starting him, but that affects guys like Corey Davis there, although Mike White threw a touchdown to Corey Davis. So, uh, you know, I had to start Corey Davis in a couple of leagues because of buy, mega buy last week and, and did okay. So we'll see what happens there. Nick Chubb uh, with a calf injury. The Browns are saying that he practiced on Monday. He's expected to play this week, so it'll be mix and match with him and Dernst Johnson and, of course, Demetric Felton. We'll get the third down carries there. Josh Jacobs uh, left uh, the game uh, late in the first half uh, for, the, for the Raiders. Fortunately, they have a bye. He's got a chest injury. They listed him as day-to-day, so they believe that he avoided a major injury. Of course, Kenyon Drake got most of the carries and score uh, late in that game there. So if you've got Jacobs, run out and get uh, Kenyon Drake and, and, on, and, and, and play the waiting game because they're on a bye. Saquon Barkley with the ankle looks like he's out another week. We'll see later this week and see if he can practice that along with his teammates. Kenny Galladay with a knee. Kadarius Tony with an ankle. They're saying Tony's probably going to be able to back, come back and play. God is very iffy. And Sterling Sheriff with a hamstring, who knows? We'll see what happens when he gets on the on the uh, exercise field there, practice field. Uh, Antonio Brown uh, for the Bucks was a surprise uh, uh, inactive last week. Didn't practice at all coming off that ankle off of the last Thursday night game. So we'll see if he can practice and hopefully get back on the field there for Tom Brady. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins and hamstring, you know, he sat two days in a row, Monday and Tuesday. Of course, I don't think they practiced on Monday, but he did not practice today. But, you know, uh, Dondre, he does everything he can to get on the field, and he'll probably end up going on Thursday. And, and if he starts, you've got to play him there. Uh, good news for the Broncos fans, just when they eat the most, Jerry Judy with the high ankles, brains coming off the IR. He's expected to play this week, so you plug and play him there. Uh, T.Y. Hilton with a quad. Uh, Chris, any updates on T.Y. Hilton? He didn't play last week. No, but they said he was really close to playing last week, even though he hadn't practiced. So I would be surprised if he does not play this week, especially with this being the big game uh, with with the AFC South division rival Titans. And, you know, as you may know, his nickname is the Ghost. So what could be better than coming back on Halloween for the Ghost? So I expect T.Y. to go. There you go. Okay. Uh, over in Miami, Devontae Parker set out with a shoulder and hamstring injuries, mostly hamstring. It's several weeks here. We'll see if he can practice play this week. And a couple of notes here. Uh, DJ Chark, uh, ankle on IR. He's gone for the year, so you can dump him. Um, a couple of tight end notes. Uh, Rob Gronkowski with the ribs. We're waiting to see if he can play. They said two weeks ago he was close, and last week he was running, but he wasn't practicing. If he can practice, we'll see if he can play. Dawson Knox with the hand. He's expected to miss two more weeks. He had surgery on it. Uh, missed three weeks total, including the bye. You sit him this week. Jonu Smith with the shoulder. He's uncertain to play. He left early in the game just when they started getting him involved, kind of like Miles Sanders type situation there. And of course, one more note, uh, get rid of this guy. Will Lutz, my favorite kicker from back in the day. He had a setback in his rehab from core muscle surgery. He's out for the year. Brian Johnson is their current kicker. He won the game on Monday night, so uh, expect him to go uh, moving forward. And unless you own Will Lutz like I do in a dynasty, you can go ahead and drop him. Anyway, we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's expert league Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim 
redrafter, dynasty, keeper, auction, salary cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, we always urge everyone to please check out our website, ffmastermind.com. Lots of good free stuff on there, including our uh, NFL uh, free Quick NFL Quick Bits uh, feature, which is all the uh, late-breaking news uh, during the season, non-injury-related, uh, anything about trades and roster movements and COVID lists and such, all that stuff as it breaks is posted on there. We've been doing this feature since 1996. I uh, can't believe I've been doing it that long. <laughs> anyway, uh, also we're releasing uh, free Eye in the Sky scanning reports each week, including those that cover the Colts from Chris Rito. Uh, our weekly in-season fantasy newsletters, yes, it is our mid-season sale. We reduced the price down to 14.95. That's 60% off the regular price. So uh, for the price of a pizza, a large pizza, you can try us out for the rest of the year. Uh, get, uh, what, uh, 10, 10 weeks now because uh, we're week eight, and there's 18 weeks of, of great information there. Uh, you can check out samples from this year uh, in our premium sample section uh, underneath the uh, premium column atop the site. Week three, so market is free for you to view and check out. And week four, the inside slant. We're going to be releasing a couple of uh, other free items here as the weeks progress, get you interested in the newsletter. And, of course, please follow me on Twitter at FFMastermind. All right, let's get to this week's picks to click and flick off your starting roster onto it. Give me a couple quarterbacks you like this week, Chris, and why. I know the sexy streamer here might be Jameis in his revenge game against a tragic secondary, but I'm going to give you a sleeper pick I like better, rookie Trevor Lawrence. Um, he's had three games versus top 10 defenses and averaged under 16 fantasy points per game. But in three games versus bottom 10 defenses, he's averaged over 24 points per game, and Seattle is a bottom 10 pass defense. Seattle has fared far worse versus mobile quarterbacks, and Lawrence only has one interception in his last three games after a rough start. So with the bye week for him and Urban Meyer to prepare and the chance for garbage stats as well, I like Lawrence to post solid fantasy numbers. And then uh, I'm going to go with Carson Wentz again. Uh, since playing that game in week three on two busted ankles, Wentz has been a borderline QB1. He has outscored notable every week starters such as Mahomes, Kyler Murray, and Herbert over the last three weeks. He's only thrown one pick on the season, and he has as high of a floor and consistency rating as anyone. His only game this year under 19.5 fantasy points was that hobbled game, and Tennessee has been growing worse in the pass defense since then, even with last week's shocker factored in. So I think he's running more. He's throwing deep more in recent weeks. I think this could be a game with actual upside for Wentz as well. Okay, a couple of quarterbacks I like this week. Uh, Kirk Cousins uh, coming off the bye. Of course, you got Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen there, and uh, Dalvin Cook is healthy. I think he should be good for at least a couple of scores against the Cowboys and probably a high-scoring uh, affair there. If they fall behind, then he'll be throwing left and right, and that's always good for fantasy. Uh, and then uh, I know he's going to be ranked below in my rankings this week, but Big Ben, uh, the Browns have allowed 16 touchdown passes so far in 2021. Even uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater in garbage time threw a couple of touchdowns last week. I think Ben, uh, Big Ben, if you need him uh then you can uh you start him this week uh not not expecting a huge game but uh he should have one of his better games of the year a couple of quarterbacks i'm not cons- uh, not crazy about this week uh mac jones for uh, new england uh, i know he's coming off that nice game first 300 yard passing game two touchdowns against the jets well the chargers have a solid secondary and they're known for having trouble on the ground so it's going to be damian harrison mostly in this game i don't like mac jones at all uh he's probably going to throw uh the most one touchdown pass in this game you could do a lot better there and then of course the caution play of the week is aaron Rodgers. uh no Devontae adams no uh alan lazard i think he'll cobble together a decent game but temper your expectations i had this uh released on monday morning before we even knew Devontae adams wasn't even playing 
and it feels uh, just uh, perfect by saying uh, caution play. Uh, but, you know, if you normally start them, you know, I wouldn't uh, start going all across the bottom of the board trying to grab somebody to start because Aaron will probably get his points anyway. Um, how about you, Chris? A couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why? I don't like Tua this week. I mean, I know he's posted some decent fantasy numbers even when looking bad, but that was against, like, Jacksonville and Atlanta. Uh, this is a Buffalo team that's rested coming off a bye and angry about their last game, quite frankly. I think this is the game Tua could get beat up a bit. And, I mean, he really didn't post monster numbers against Buffalo last year, and that was with Buffalo resting a bunch of guys in Week 17. So uh, with Buffalo still putting up league-best fantasy numbers against the quarterback, and the rumors of the trade we mentioned earlier probably swirling in the back of his mind, I don't think this is the week you want to ride Tua. And then I'm a little worried about Matt Ryan this week. I mean, he's been pretty consistent since a week one stinker, but he's faced mostly bottom 10 pass defenses in that stretch. And that week one game was against the Philly pass defense. It's pretty decent. I know the Panthers are reeling a bit, but aside from that, a cousin's anomaly in week six, this unit has allowed next to nothing in the air. The sec- second fewest passing yards per game. Uh, and Ryan's never been a mobility threat with any rushing upside either. So I think the pass rush of Carolina is going to have the edge this week and make his life really difficult in a collapsing pocket. Okay, how about uh, running backs? A couple of running backs you like this week, with this week, and why? Uh, you mentioned Damian Harris a minute ago. I really like him. He's coming off a strong week, and it could have been even stronger if Belichick hadn't emptied the bench. This team's clearly focused on hammering the ball on the ground, and the Chargers have allowed the second most rushing yards to running backs, despite playing one less game so far. Uh, New England's going to pound the rock. They're going to keep Herbert off the field if they can, and most of that action should go to Harris, who's been an RB1 the last three weeks and has scored in three straight games also. And the Chargers allow the second most rushing touchdown. So, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to like Damian Harris. And I like the rookie Khalil Herbert uh, this week. I'm going to continue to ride the hot hand. He's no typical rookie third stringer. He's been an RB1 workhorse the last few weeks, despite splitting time in one game and facing the top rush defense last week in the other. Uh, Damian Williams is a total afterthought coming back last week. So, I think this is his backfield until Montgomery gets back. And if he rushes for 100 yards against Tampa, what's he going to do to the 49ers? I mean, they allow a better-than-average amount of running back catches also, so Herbert's five-catch game last week might also show an additional path to fantasy success. Yeah, that's uh, it was kind of shocking that he, he rushed for that much against the, the Bucks who've been shutting down everybody. Anyway, a couple of running backs I like this week. Well, Joe Mixon, uh, you know, I know he's an auto start, but he's been kind of uh, uh, mediocre. Uh, he's been, you know, have the the ankle or the hamstring injury or the leg injury, whatever it was. I can't remember. Anyway, I think he's obviously an automatic uh, start against the uh, really bad Jets run defense this week. You're probably looking at 20 plus PPR points here, so plug and play there. Daryl Henderson, uh, I think he's going to score in Detroit. Uh, obviously, he's going to see most of the touches there. He's going to catch some passes, so uh, you know, plug him in. Don't worry about him. I like him too. A couple of guys I'm concerned about. We got Nick Chubb coming back from uh, the calf injury. He's not going to be 100. percent Probably share some uh, snaps there with Dernis Johnson as well as Demetri Felton. Uh, he's facing the Steelers' run defense that is improved now that they're getting healthy. So the word here is temper your expectations with Nick Chubb. Elijah Mitchell with San Francisco. Well, he's playing the Bears and they're uh, playing the run much better lately. Uh, so I would not. Expect Expect 100 plus yards and a score like he did last week. Uh, just uh, you know, if you need him, obviously you're going to play him because it's a bye week situation. But uh, you know, he's more of a maybe a, a upper end RB three rather than a solid RB two this week. There. All right, uh, Chris, how about you? A couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why? Uh, I'll go Melvin Gordon for the second straight week. Uh, the snaps are still inexplicably being split 50-50 there, but the touches are slowly swinging towards Javante Williams and the red zone touches as well. Uh, more importantly, the effectiveness of those touches is obvious. Gordon's total yardage numbers have slowly declined 
and Williams have slowly increased. Um, this week they faced a Washington football team that's very good at limiting the RB production, uh, especially through the air. So they allow the fewest targets and the receiving stats to the position, as well as the fifth fewest rushing yards per game. Not a good bet for a guy that's getting phased out, in my opinion. And then speaking of getting phased out, let's mention Mike Davis here. Um, he's still in the top 12 in running back receptions, but his role is dwindling as Patterson takes more and more of the rushing action as well. Um, Davis only had four touches, no catches last week, while Patterson had 15 touches and the red zone rushing score. So I think with him now being a little bit gimpy coming out of last Sunday and the Panthers on the schedule, he is absolutely benchable in all formats this week. Carolina has allowed the league's fewest running back catches and yards and no running back receiving scores and not a lot of ground game either. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you there. I own Mike Davis in a couple of leagues and sitting him across the board there. He's basically uh, the backup now, uh, you know, at least on the early downs there. How about uh, wide receivers, a couple of guys you like and why? Uh, I love Marvin Jones this week. Uh, he makes for a nice, inexpensive DFS stack play this week with Trevor Lawrence. Like I mentioned earlier, he's poised for success. He's averaging eight targets a game and facing a, target, a Seahawks secondary that struggled all season. He should get a lot of action with Chark out and Chenault still not consistently producing with his targets. Jones with three is the only active wide receiver on the roster to catch a touchdown this year, and he is the top target in a game that should have Jacksonville passing a fair amount. He also has four career games against Seattle, and all are 10-plus uh, in PPR scoring systems with three total touchdowns, including seven for a buck 17 and two scores the last time he played them. So I think he's got some good history as well. And I like Cole Beasley this week. Uh, the Dolphins have allowed a ton of action to the slot receiver so far in 2021, and Beasley is one of the most productive slot guys. He, uh, Beasley's also been at his most productive when facing teams that are better against the fantasy running back as the Bills use the short pass to him in lieu of trying to run the ball. So I think this week looks like a week where he should have high volume and a suspect opponent that cannot tackle. So in PPR, he should be a solid guy to get into your lineup this week, even if he doesn't find pay dirt. Yeah, I think I agree with you there, especially with Dawson Knox out. That opens up more targets for the other receivers, especially Beasley. A couple of guys I like this week, uh, Kadarius Toney. Uh, I know my Giants are struggling, but they did get a win. Uh, he's expected to play, and he reminds me a lot of OBJ and his speed and, and, and decisions on the field. So if he's healthy, uh, what's not to like playing the, the Chiefs? Chiefs are like the worst defense in the league right now. Uh, dare I say the Giants off have a shot to win this game? I don't know. I must be dreaming. Anyway, but if I got Tony, uh, you know, and I need a boost or whatnot, and he's playing and starting, then I'm putting him in my lineup. Uh, another guy I like this week, uh, speaking of, you said Cole Beasley. I like Emmanuel Sanders. I think he's going to score in the Dolphins. He's just seen the key, key uh, red, some of the key red zone looks, and without Dawson Knox there, they're going to spread it around. Of course, Deggs gets his. Cole Beasley gets his. And I think Emmanuel Sanders is going to get his this week, including a score. So if you got him, start him. A couple of guys I'm not uh, crazy about this week, uh, Jalen Waddell, uh, who's actually pr- improving and having a, a better season as the things go on. But the Bills limited him to 48 yards receiving back in week two. And, you know, uh, Tua is probably going to struggle this week. So that leads to Jalen Waddell struggling. Maybe in a PPR, you might be lucky if you get five or six for 50 yards there. Uh, but in a non-PPR, it's not, uh, not worth the effort there. And, of course, uh, let's see. Robbie Anderson, was he like leading the league in targets and uh, lack of catches? Uh, I think that's what it is, like 55, 60 targets and like 20 catches. I don't know what it is. It's terrible. He's just not connecting at all with Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's struggling. He's seen ghosts. Uh, just sit Robbie Anderson until he does something more than three for 15 and maybe uh, half a score. I don't know. Um, that's it. So how about you, Chris? A couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why? 
where have you gone, Brandon Cooks? Uh, amongst the league leaders and targets still, he has fallen to the wide receiver three range with three stinkers in the last four weeks. Now, a return under center of Tyrod Taylor might help him, but facing Jalen Ramsey and the Rams defense will not. So besides the fact that they can afford shadow coverage on Cooks with no other offensive threats out there, the Rams also know his tendencies. This is the team he was most recently with before. So even with a strong need to throw, I think this could be another tough week for Cooks in PPR. And then for the second week in a row, I'm going to put Jacoby Myers on my flick list. Uh, another week, another tough assignment from a fantasy perspective for Myers. Uh, the Chargers are tops in the NFL in refusing fantasy success to the wide receiver position, allowing the fewest receptions and yards and only three touchdowns so far. And with no chance Myers is apparently ever going to score a touchdown in his NFL career, uh, a volume-based PPR guy like him stands very little chance this week. This volume is especially unlikely as the game plan, like we mentioned earlier, is surely going to be very run-heavy this week, and the tight end is also the best way to attack the Chargers in the air so far this year. Yep. Okay, how about a couple of tight ends you like and why? Speaking of attacking the Chargers, the tight end, let's go with Hunter Henry. Don't overthink this. Henry scored a touchdown in four straight games. The Chargers have allowed a tight end touchdown in four straight games and five overall and the second most point to the position, despite allowing very little in the passing game overall. Weak run defense means that goal line play action almost always works because they overcommit to the running back. Henry's a virtual lock to score this week, score this week and has a start in nearly every system. And then I'm going to stick with my, uh, my DFS stacks with the Jags. I'm going to go with Dan Arnold, the third Jag on the click list. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this might be a record. But in addition to the potential high-volume passing game for them this week, I do like the opportunity in the matchup. Seattle has allowed seven targets per game in the last five weeks to the tight end and pretty good production overall despite facing few good fantasy tight end options. Arnold might also be forgotten uh, on the waiver wire due to the bye, but he has had 13 targets in the two full games since the trade to Jacksonville. A very sneaky good bye week fill-in or, again, a nice DFS stack with Lawrence. Okay, a couple of tight ends I like this week. Tyler Higby of the Rams, uh, you know, he's getting some loves there in the red zone. And guess what? The Texans have allowed six tight end scores in 2021. So Higby's not only going to get his catches, four or five catches, he's probably going to score in this game, so start him if you need him. And T.J. Hawkinson hasn't uh, scored in quite a while, but he's getting the touches, and the uh, Eagles have allowed six tight end scores as well. So I think Hawkinson scores this week. Obviously, you're going to start him, but expect uh, more than what you've normally been getting from him there. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week, Jared Cook for the Chargers, the the, the Patriots are playing the tight end very tough. I think this is going to be a Keenan Allen, a Mike Williams type game, and a, a mostly Austin Eckler. And of course, uh, for my, the other guy that I'm not crazy about is O.J. Howard, who basically had one target last week, no catches. Gronk could return, and guess what? The Saints have yet to allow a tight end to score in 2021, so I don't even think about starting O.J. Howard, especially if Gronk gets any kind of practice time and if he plays in this game at all. Uh, how about you, Chris? A couple of tight ends you're not crazy about, and why? Yeah, I'm actually totally yanking Gronk off my starting list. He's my big flick this week. I know it's a big game on the national stage, but remember, he also missed the return to Foxborough, and if he's not going to play in that one under iffy conditions, the Bucks have a week off in week nine also. So I suspect they're going to heal Gronk, let him get several more weeks and get ready for the stretch dive. Um, and this, this early week time frame right now on Tuesday, I would not count on him being there. And that being said, if he plays, I think he's a decoy to keep him safe. You mentioned the Saints are great. This, I, I don't think you play Gronk this week. You've got to have a better option. And then I, a caution play, uh, even though you're likely never going to bench him right now with as hot as he is, is Dalton Schultz. Uh, the Vikings have allowed zero tight end touchdowns and the second fewest tight end receptions so far, so the position is very well defended. 
Um, I would also assume that a return of Michael Gallup to the field this week could take a few targets away from him, as would a reduced volume in the passing game that could be expected against a weak Vikings run defense. Okay, it's time for your one-hit wonders at kicker and defense. Let me have them. Let's go with Jake Elliott of the Eagles. The Lions turn every kicker into a potential fantasy week winner, so why not Elliott? They've allowed the most field goal attempts this year, and there's no threat of bad weather indoors. And then I like Chase McLaughlin. He's only had a few duds against powerful offenses, but Pittsburgh isn't one of those, and they allow the fourth most kicker points per game and multiple field goals in five and six games. So I like his opportunities. For defenses, what's not to like about the Bengals? I mean, they're red hot. They're, they're a solid play, and they're a solid play against any team's a solid play against the Jets. They're, they're scattered offense. They're going to start a clueless first-time starter in Mike White or an ancient immobile retread Joe Flacco right off the, off the trade wire. So either way, Cincinnati should be primed. And I actually kind of like Kansas City this week uh, at home against the Giants. I think this defense is going to hear all the talk about them being terrible, and I think they're going to suck it up at home against a low-scoring offense that's missing many of their skilled players. And I think KC is going to actually come back and have a good defensive day. Well, we'll see about that, Chris. <laughs> Go Giants. You all right. Not. Well, uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us. For Chris Reedus, Mike Nazarek, see you all next week when we preview week nine. Oh, my gosh, mid, mid-season point of the NFL season. Good night and good luck to everyone playing this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarek, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.